Happy day, everybody. Happy Monday. Today is the 5th of October. We're getting ready to gear down the first weekend to October. You guys, it's imagine the coronavirus started earlier this spring and it's just been snowballed, 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 snowballed things. And now it's fall. The leaves are starting to fall. Things are starting to let go. It's part of a process. I love analyzing the process of things. Why? Because I had to learn the process of healing in myself. I had to learn to educate myself in the process of healing. So when I look at fall and I see the leaves falling down and see the trees just letting go of the leaves, it's not painful. It's just the process of life. Thus is where I am at in the process of my recovery and my healing. What I have done through the history of these daily breads has been the process of recovery and healing when leaning onto God. You saw me draw the diagram of draw person this time. Okay. Here's me. Okay. God created this heart in me, this heart of truth, just like he created in Jesus, just like all of us have this heart. Okay. Just like I've explained, God created us all equal, okay? In there, when I was born, was this heart that God created. But then all these things happen, you guys. And these became seeds, okay? These were seeds. They were words. They were negative. I saw traumas saw abuse. Even if you just witness it, it's still a trauma. It affects the brain, especially as a child. When you see abuse onto another person and you are made to hold it down and not speak about it, it creates a trauma in the brain. In fact, what it'll do is there's a system in the brain where it'll trigger when you see something like that it will trigger you back to that memory. It's like a trigger switch in your brain. I've taken a lot of counseling to figure this out. So these seeds get planted into us that are negative. Okay. And you remember the ball of yarn and it starts to grow by witnessing more and more and more. And you hold it in and you hold it in. Now I have this whole history of things I never spoke about. Okay, all these things that bothered me, they bothered me. They went against the grain of which God created me to be. That's why they bothered me. When you don't speak the truth of the things that bother you, it festers like toxicity, like gangrene. That's what it became inside the body. These things fester and they began to create a toxic person. Now, okay, substance use. In my marriage, it was weed. But later on, it became drinking. And these substances made me numb. So I didn't have to think about what was on the inside. Those substances, the drinking and the smoking weed kept it in. So every time things bothered me, I didn't speak out. I had made choices to end up being in relationships just like my mother. 
I didn't see it. I, I couldn't. I thought that that was normal because I grew up making that normal to survive. It became normal in my adult years to put up and shut up. Then came the unraveling, you guys. I have struggled with the addiction of alcohol since I was about 30. I just turned 37. I'm getting ready to end my 27 program, which is my security. It protects me. It ensures it's that extra security that Christine isn't going to drink. It's this mental thing because I don't want to go to jail. I'm getting ready to end my counseling. But there are some things that are just not meant to be in counseling. Okay? So in order to really undo all of this, I had to start addressing the things that bothered me and I had to empty out to the people that it was directed to. Now, some of you will go, well, Christine, why didn't you go directly to the person? I've tried. But see, they can't help themselves, but rise up and cause me to cower down because they're in conditioned behavior. When they hear something that they don't like, their first reaction is to get angry, to rage, to shut me up and push me aside. And they know it's true. And the times I have addressed that these things bothered me, they diminished it with words. And in recovery, you guys, recovery is a process. In order for me to never pick up a substance to cope again, I have to empty out all these seeds. Let's go back to the picture of me. Okay. God's heart will always be in us. Nothing can ever remove that but God because God created it. Sorry, God. Can't draw a heart today. Um, but now I've unraveled the yarn. And here we are, all these seeds from my dad, from Pete, from my ex-husband, Rebus, okay, we're going to put others in there, okay, all of these seeds, all of these words we're still in there. Why? Because who am I going to tell these things to? My counselor? When I'm with my counselor, I'm focusing on bettering myself for the future. But these things still sat inside of me, in my gut. And words that need to be said and aren't, and they get suffocated, it becomes like a toxic smoke within you. It begins to fester until one day you're triggered, just like I was last year, and I started drinking again. It didn't take much for me to get triggered. So many of you who are boggled have never seen this process of recovery before. I'm recovering from being molested, from being abused, unhealthy relationships, and addiction. Okay? It's a process. When I got out of jail last year, I told God I would do whatever it took to heal fully. I submitted to the process of recovery from all of those things. A year later... 
It's going to have been a year since I've gotten out of jail. God has brought me to the point to, Christine, it's time to verbally let these things out. Because I can no longer hold what people had done onto me inside of me. I have to let it out. Otherwise, I'm holding it in and making myself sick. Many of you have heard the phrase, secrets keep you sick. They do. Because see all these things that bothered me. They bothered me. It bothered me that when I tried to address these things with my dad, he told me it wasn't his problem. And all I did was tell him, I wanted to tell you how you treated me made me feel. All of these people. Pete, you know you couldn't face me if you tried. You're weak. I know the old Pete's coming out. Just give it some time. She don't have control. Any of you. My ex-husband. Same thing. He keeps running away from the truth. He could never face himself. He doesn't have the inner strength. not trying to intentionally hurt anybody, but I can't keep these things inside of me and move on with my life and fully recover. And I will not go back to drinking again. I will do whatever it takes. So that is why I call myself the living example of true recovery. I'm not just coping I'm not just coping with that icky feeling inside, like these things will always bother me, but I'm just going to deal with it and go on with my day. That's not living. We are not made to live like that. Because what happens is these things that bother us go like this. They start to swell together. Okay, they start to go like this. And here it is again. Same cycle creating that ball of turmoil. And now we don't even know where to start. How do I start talking about these things? Because here I am again, letting it get bad. This is what happened to me last year. I let things get like this so bad. And on top of it, I had my childhood stuff I hadn't even addressed. It all came out once I started drinking again. So I've learned from last year what not to do this year. I love this board. I'm teaching you guys something. Addiction is affecting so many people. Okay. Over 23 million people in the United States alone, 12 years and older, are suffering from a substance addiction. 50% of that number is alcohol. The rest is street drugs, pills, prescriptions. You have to unearth these negative seeds. And the only way I could do it was with God. God has been the one to bring me through my recovery. Every day he has worked to bring these up between him and I to show me and give me strength to finally get it out of my body because words will sit because they affect us. They sit underneath the skin and they fester right here. God was like, no, Christine, you are going to, you are going to release them. I didn't see the whole process when this began. I really didn't understand. God's just been taking me. It's called walking with faith. God showed me bits and pieces, but I never knew this was the way things were going to happen in my recovery. But as he's taken me through it, 
He's educating me and giving me wisdom and using me to show others that you too can recover. And man's idea of recovery is not working. I know. I've tried it several times. AA is not enough. Counseling is not enough. I see people every day who just cope and they're miserable. They have that inner struggle. They're still in turmoil on the inside. They're not happy. And they go to AA meetings and it's fake. I've been to them. People only feel like they can let out a little bit. They really don't get down to the core of what the issue is. It gets buried deep. And that's what I mean by it took only God could do this, unearth these things that were so deep down in me. Because when my father texted me this spring, I thought I was over it. I thought I had let these things with my father go. I thought I had brushed it aside. It was done. It was over with. I didn't, it was over. I didn't need him in my life. But when my father came back and texted me, it triggered me. I spent the next week grinding. You guys, I know what the grinding is. And I understand it. My soul was telling me, Christine, you have to tell your father how you feel. And my flesh is like, I'm too scared because I know how my dad will react. And he's not going to listen. And he's going to make excuses. He's going to justify. And I'm going to have to run around his justification. And I don't want to play that game, soul. And my soul's like, Christine, you got to do this to heal. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't face my father because he's just going to get angry at me. And I don't want to deal with the fight. All week I was like this. And it finally came the day when I was sitting at this very table and I was like, God, I just cannot do it anymore. I cannot feel this pain on the inside. And I started going through things I'm saying, like I started speaking it out loud and it came out and I started crying. I wasn't over what my father had done to me. I wasn't over the things that had happened. I wasn't over it. It was very much very upset at my father and that seed had been unearthed and it took God pushing it out because I kept wanting to push it in. My flesh is very strong. I was raised to deal with a lot of things. So I'm able to push those things down. I have a lot of inner strength, but God's love is a lot stronger and it pushed it out to where he showed me one day I'm going to have to tell my dad. And I tried. I told him I wanted to send him a letter and he told me he refused. He refused to hear what his daughter had to say. This is my recovery. There are so many people out there right now who will stay addicted, who will relapse. What I did last week ensured that I could move forward because see, now I am empty of everything. I emptied it out. And what comes from that emptying, I can bear. I'm not scared to admit the things I've done. I've already admitted the worst. God loves me regardless. And that's all that matters. So now that I've emptied myself out, those negative seeds no longer reside in here. They're gone. And all that's left is land for God to cultivate with love. Beautiful things. There's no toxicity seeds that'll go down here as explained in Matthew chapter 13. Nobody can come along now and plant weeds in God's garden in me. They're not, there's none that's going to pop up somewhere in my future. 
I'm not going to relapse. And I have to explain that because the world is going to change how it looks at recovery. When I was in jail, and I actually started to open up to the women there. You know, I was in the women's cell, and I started opening up to the woman that, women there. I realized addiction is just a cover-up. Like I showed you in the yarn, it holds things in. So many of those women I spoke to suffered from deep traumas that nobody ever talked to them about because they lived the same life their whole life. They didn't know any different until somebody came along and showed them that they mattered. I knew a girl like that. She was my roommate. I started asking her questions about her childhood. She started sharing things. She goes, nobody's ever asked me these questions, Christine. And one day I asked just the right question. And see, it wasn't me asking. God was working through me. He was training me. He was training up my hind legs. And he did that in jail quite a bit to touch up on some women there who had never been loved or valued their whole life. So in the process of digging, I had to dig. I had to ask the uncomfortable questions, the ones that were tear jerkers. And one day she fell apart. But she goes, I, I see it. I see why I started doing drugs. I see what I've become. She fell apart. She finally saw why she had started doing drugs. And it went deeper than just the situation she was in at the time. It went all the way back to her childhood. But nobody had ever asked her about that because, see, she buried it deep. She was a very strong-willed person. I was probably the only person she let that close to her. But she knew I cared. And I do. She finally got vulnerable. She started letting that out and she opened that door. She started letting it out verbally to me. Because I made it okay. And I made it okay that she could get upset at me. And I made it okay that she could cry and fall apart. And she did. This girl got out of jail and got her life together. I'm so happy for her. These are facts, you guys. Addiction is crippling our nation. Addiction is the thing that is holding in the traumas for many people who have been abused. It was a generation that I came from where that was allowed. Parents were allowed to beat their children because they thought it would make them behave better. Parents were allowed to smoke in the home. Parents were allowed to give their children beer. Parents were allowed to do a lot of things back then that should have been illegal. So you guys, what I'm going through is a process of recovery. And I have to share it. Because it's a process that nobody's ever seen before. Everybody wants to follow man's design that doesn't work because nobody knows any different. I've learned different because when I got out of jail, I knew the only one I could rely on was God because of what he showed me in jail. And I'm glad I did. Every step of the way. So today's verse comes from Psalm. 
chapter 119, verse 105. You see me looking on that side of the wall because around my house, I have, you can see the pictures. I took those pictures. I take a picture every day of God's creation and I add my own Bible verse to it. I choose the Bible verse God shows me today. It'll be this one. I've used this one already. But there came a time when I wanted those on my wall. So I ordered pictures through Walmart and had them placed on a canvas. So every time I look around, all I see is God on my wall. And I look at these pictures and I remember the, the process. The summer for me has been a process. And that picture, I look, I keep it there specifically because there's times I sit here and I just can't. I just don't know where else to go. And it says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Many people have heard the phrase in um, treatment in AA, um, one step at a time. That came from the Bible. That came from, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light onto my path. Okay? One step at a time is all you need. There were moments I could barely even take that. I wanted to sleep all day because I didn't want to face the toxic seeds in me. I didn't want them on earth. I didn't want to have to speak about them. I wanted to bury them deep like I always do and just cope. But see, this year I couldn't just cope with anything. I actually had to face it. God also made me face it by not coping with food. I dedicated myself to fasting so I couldn't eat and cope. What else was another coping mechanism I like to use? Sleep. There was times I could sleep all day, and I did. I just couldn't be aware in the day because... I knew I would have to think about these things and I didn't want to think about them. But there came a time where God had me commit to him. I would stop sleeping and I would start going through the day, no matter how painful, whether I could see where I was going or not. And that's what it comes down to. I don't know where I'm going all the time. Now, see, I have a vision of my future. I know what I'm going to do is a career. I know everything's going to be okay. I know I'm going to provide for my kids. I see where I'm going in my future, but my day-to-day -day steps and where God is directing me in my recovery, I don't know. There are things that have happened. I was like, well, I didn't see that coming. It just blindsided me on some idle Tuesday. And now I'm thrown for a loop and I don't know what to do. Those things happen. Those things are planned by God. The only way to unearth those seeds was to get me um, unraveled, upset, and unnerved. God realized that was the only way to get underneath the skin where those words lied was to make me very upset. And he did things. He created things in my day it would get me more and more upset until I was so upset. I had to sit there and really think about it. Why am I upset? Like until I was crumbling. And once I emptied myself out with tears and upsetness and anger, then God finally showed me what it was really about. And it all came back to the core seeds of my childhood and my relationships. And the things I hadn't dealt with. So when I look at that verse, I think of moments when I didn't even want to get off my couch. And God goes, you just have to take the next step. Now, the next step was things he had placed in my day. And see, that was a process. Because when I got out of jail, I had nothing. Okay, I had no structure. I had nothing in my day. I had nothing to go on. God slowly built my structure, my spiritual rhythm is what I like to call it. I have a, a rhythm in my day. I have a structure. Um, 
It's taken time to build the structure I have, a year, you guys. This process of recovery has taken me a year. And if I would have rushed it, it would have never been a full recovery. So recovery is a process. God started placing things in my day for me to lean on. First, it was getting up at 5.30. And it was going to work the same time every day. Of course, my 24-7. I started eating meals at the same time every day. I started drinking tea at night. That became, that became a ritual. I started Bible studying in the morning. I started finding things I liked to listen to. And at the time, you guys, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't reading directly out of the Bible yet. I didn't have that clear connection with God because I still had terrible eating habits, was still eating bread, was still eating fattening foods, um, I was still eating processed foods. I was living at the shelter. I was eating all kinds of unhealthy foods. I remember the last time I had candy. It was last Halloween. Um, Trick-or-treating with my son, we sat and ate a whole bunch of candy. And I realized that was the last time I was going to eat candy again. And I take that back. I did have candy one more time in the spring. I had... I had a peanut butter Snickers, a fun size one. I don't want to want to keep that straight. I did have one more in the spring, but I never ate. I had to cut things out. God slowly cut those out. And even though they were painful, like I remember the day I decided I was never going to have any bread again. Not the store-bought bread. If I ever wanted bread, I was going to learn how to make it the healthy way. And I remember letting that go. It was hard. I was going to let flour go. I was going to let certain foods go. I remember when I was going to go on a, a strict fast of just healthy foods. And suddenly everyone at the shelter was buying cake every day and making fried chicken, home fried chicken. Um, it was a test of my will. The first half of that week was tough. Um... I was drinking fruit and veggie smoothies and eating oatmeal in the morning and uh, eating packed veggies during lunch. It was hard. It was very hard. But it was in those fastings and those were directed by God. Those fastings were. He told me, I want you to let this go. I just knew it. When you know you're going to fast and you really pray about it, God will show you exactly what to let go of. So I knew every time. I just knew that's what I'm going to do. Um, and in the beginning, it was hard because I wasn't prepared at the time to, I didn't know that God was going to have me fasting for a whole year from things. I didn't. I just thought this was going to be a one-time thing and then I would get to do it all over again. No, 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 Christine. That's not how it worked, he said. Once I let those things go, they were gone. I remember the last time I had pizza with my son. It was on his birthday. We had meat lover's pizza. It was so good from Domino's. And deep down I knew this was going to be the last time I ever had pizza again. So I ate a lot. And it was. Pizza like that. Because see, at the time, I didn't realize that God had better things for me. Because this fall, we went to Fargo, and we had fireside pizza. And I had it on a keto crust with fresh veggies and a pesto sauce. It was the best pizza I had ever had. I could never eat another Domino's pizza again. It was worth letting it go because God gave me something better. But I didn't see that at the time. I just knew that God said, you have to trust me and you have to let it go. It's been a process, you guys. The process of creating the relationship with God. That's a process. Well, I had to start actually communicating with him. I had to make him a part of my day. 
I had to make the effort. God just doesn't come in and go, I want to be part of your day. That's not how he does it. He made his presence known to me and I went chasing for his love. But even as I got out of jail last year, I was being pulled in a million different directions. And God was right here waiting patiently to see what I would do. And I have people going like this, people going like this, people going like this, people going like this. And God's like, Christine, are you going to do the right thing? He just idly sat back and watched as I made choices. And I did make all the right choices. And he was very proud of me. Of course, he would have loved me either way. But I knew coming out the direction I wanted to go with my life because of what God showed me in jail. It was a process. So when I got out, I had to make the choice to bring God closer to me. That was leaning onto him more for guidance. And it's very hard for somebody who's come from a place of survival and only relying on myself. I had a really hard time letting go of that mindset and that mentality that I knew best for myself. I knew what was best for me to survive. I've survived this whole time, God. I know what's best. And God would be like, no, trust me so many times. Trust me. <laughs> I did. Even if I didn't want to, I did. This process isn't just a process of recovering from addiction. It's recovering from traumas. There are some people on my Facebook who have specifically talked to me that don't struggle with addiction, but they struggle with traumas. They struggle with abuse. They're trying to understand and wrap their mind around why this happened? What happened? They just, they, they don't understand why another person would come into their life and destroy them this way. And then they feel like they're the blame, just like what I went through. Okay. And so this process that I'm going through covers those traumas as well. It's not just about addiction. Some people don't turn to a substance abuse to hold it all in. How they cope, I don't know. I've never asked. And I don't private message anybody on my Facebook. I don't DM anybody. I don't do one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions. For those of you who have, are my family and friends, that's different. But I want to keep everything within my videos as this for people to view and learn this way. I can't do individual. You have to rely on God for that. And I mean that. Many of you will go, well, I just don't believe that. But you're missing out on the best healing. Because see, as I look back, God created me. He saw how things happened and he understood why these things happened. I would have never understood the why of these traumas and why I turned to a substance use unless God would have shown me. Because no counselor has this kind of understanding. I know. Because counseling isn't working for me anymore. I've gained knowledge out of counseling. It's just wasting time for me. Because I understand all the tools and I understand the why and I've worked them out of myself. 
But I only gain that understanding by leaning on to God and being obedient. I would have never gotten that knowledge on my own. I would have still been in counseling, trying to wrap my brain around the traumas and the turmoils that I still held inside. And there are many people, many, who are in counseling right now, who are dealing with these inner traumas. And there are some people who aren't even in counseling. There are just people I know, family, friends, people on Facebook. There's a lot of you who have messaged me, I need help. Help me. I'm going through this. I'm having these problems. I don't understand this. You have all this inner turmoil. And you don't know who to turn to. Because when you unleash it, it's going to come out like this. Because you've held it in for so long, it creates a knot like this in your guts. It creates a hardening of the heart and it's just like this. And you don't know what to do with all of this inside of you. You don't understand And you feel like there's something wrong with you when truly there isn't. But the only way to start understanding this part of you is to go to the one who created you. Because no human flesh is going to be able to withstand or help you unravel that yarn inside. And I go back to that moment that that person told me, let me tell you, this wasn't a pretty moment. This person was kind of mean, hurt my feelings. I cried. It wasn't kind, you guys. When this person told me, you're not as smart as you think you are, you don't even know who you are, it hurt me. But it was the truth. It made me upset. It made me angry. I wanted to lash out. How could you talk to me like this? I couldn't believe they were talking to me like that. How could you? This is exactly why I feel the way I do. But it was so shortly after that truth that bothered me made me angry, caused a lot of resentment, that God made his presence known in my life, started to unravel the yarn. Thank God. Thank you. Because I was very lost in my recovery last year. I thought I was recovered, but I wasn't. I wasn't even close to recovered. I had built this fake facade. And let me show you. order to my markers. (laughs) These are my darker colors for dark seeds and these are my godly colors that gotta be separated. I had, okay, see the inside of me was toxic you guys. It was all of this turmoil, right? I had all of this in me. I'm walking around every day like this. I truly was. I'd wake up and I would do my makeup and I would just, I mean, it was there. My past was there. It was all there when I stared at myself and I tried to distract myself. I couldn't work enough. My children will even say this to this day. You were always working. You were never home. And I was because work was a distraction for me. I was always busy at my job. I was always like this, always moving, always focused on something else. I was so busy. I didn't have to think about this. 
This was me last year. I remember telling somebody, I need to fix myself. I'm trying to work on myself. I didn't even understand this. So last year, this was me. And I built this facade around me. I thought I was confident. Okay. I was popular. I was. People love me at work. I was good at my job. I was what? Good at my job. Oh. Um. I looked good. I looked really good. I took the time. I'll leave it. I looked good. I did. I spent a lot of time on my makeup and my hair trying to make sure I looked perfect. I looked perfect. I had this perfect facade. I, I was happy. I was, uh, what else? What else? You know? It was such a fake facade. It was always going, always active. I was active. Um, I looked successful. I looked like I was achieving things. People thought, look at Christine. She's paying her bills. She's getting it. Look at her. She's always happy. She's going. She's got it. Her kids, look at this. All of this. It was all together. I had it all together. People thought what they saw in the exterior, they saw all these things. I was paying my bills. I wasn't drinking. But I had all this on. This was just fake. This was all fake. I used these things to not have to focus on this in here because I never really dealt with these things. Nobody ever asked and I never wanted to tell. I thought I could bury them deep. So I started using my job was a big one. My job helped me build this exterior. And it kept me busy to where I didn't have to focus on it because I was there every day. I was opening. My job was a big one. I was good at my job and I loved it. I had power. Or so I thought. That power was in my head. That was that fake facade I built. But that moment, I was hit with that truth. I started looking at these things, you guys. When that person goes, you're not as smart as you think you are. You don't even know who you are. Because see, I thought I was 10 steps ahead of this person. I was always 10 steps ahead of the game. That bothered me. How do you know I'm not as smart as I think I am? What do you see in me that I don't? What's going on? I never had anybody say that to me before. It bothered me because I was always 10 steps ahead of everything. And I thought I'd gotten back on my feet to that same point, that survival mind of being 10 steps ahead of somebody else who's manipulating me. So it bothered me that this person who did like to manipulate things openly said that to me. It made me wonder what he knew that I didn't. And then when he said, you don't even know who you are, I started looking at these things inside myself. I did. This is when I started my page called The Exceptional. I, I was like, I got to figure this out. Something's going on. Suddenly, I don't know who I am. Am I happy? 
I realized I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. I, I remember I wasn't really happy. I didn't like the people I was around. I was fake. I didn't really look good. I remember thinking the moment I realized I couldn't go to work without wearing makeup. I don't really look good. It was fake. I was good at my job. I realized, no, I was entitled. I may have been good, but I stepped on people to get the job done. Was I really good? How popular was I? I remember looking at customers and they were talking to me and they, I realized it was fake connection. They weren't really talking to me. They were just passing the time in the day. I wasn't popular. They didn't know who I am. Then I lost my confidence. And it was like, I stopped being distracted and I started looking around at myself and at the people around me. I started paying attention. So suddenly I wasn't as active. Suddenly things started falling apart. Things were different around me. I wasn't being the same at work. I was trying to change. So I wasn't being getting the job done. So I didn't look like I was achieving. I kind of looked like I was falling apart. Paying my bills that I did still do. But suddenly, all those things that I had built around myself to hide this inner turmoil, I suddenly realized he was right. I didn't even know who I was. And they were all gone. That protective shield I had built around myself to keep from focusing on this was gone. And here I was, vulnerable. That's when my life shattered. And somebody had finally touched the center of me. I remember... I went to a manager's meeting at Applebee's with my boss, managers, and the district manager. And I remember looking at everybody and how fake and misplaced I felt. I didn't belong. Who I had created at my job was an actor. I was fake. Who was I? And I was so quiet, they thought there was something wrong with me. But I was sitting there, I just, I realized I don't belong here. I don't know where I belong. What had happened to me? I didn't know what to do. So... I started looking at my behaviors. I started researching how to respond to negative people. I started just following my instincts. And I started just researching about human behavior. I don't know why. I just followed what was going on in my heart. And that's where... You know, and at the time, God was guiding me, and that's where he guided me. My children even said, Mom, you're obsessed with this stuff. That's all I listened to for weeks, how to respond to negative people, because I was a negative person, and the people around me were negative people, and I wanted to change, because I suddenly realized I didn't like who I was, and the person I created wasn't even real. I wanted to start being a good person in this world. So that is how I ended up coming to the point of spiritually awakening to God in February. Because of all that, 
happened in January. Um, recovery is a process. Recovery from addiction is deeper than the actual substance addiction. So this week, I'm really going to be focusing on different processes. Today, I wanted to share this process. Why I'm letting all this out. Because we have to. If it bothers you, you have to speak it to the person it bothers you to. Otherwise, it's going to fester in you forever. And you will forever be sickened by it. It will sit in there like a weed and it will always grow and come back like weeds do. I had to get rid of every single weed, no matter how uncomfortable it is. In fact, I probably did some people a favor because it's no more a secret and we can move on with our lives and let things go. Tomorrow, I want to talk about spiritual awakening and the process. I've had many people ask me, people close to me, there's a lot of misconceptions out there about spiritual awakening. I've read them all. I've been through it now in the correct way, having taken missteps, but I'm going to share my experience. And that's all I can do, you guys, is share my experience, my life experience, for you to use that as an example. And it's just like taking advice. Here's my experience. You take pieces that you feel will pertain to you out of it and you go use it in your life. It doesn't mean take the whole thing and think it'll work for you because it won't. You will feel like some of this isn't true for what you're searching for and it may not be. All you do is you take the pieces that work for you and you use those tools for your life to move forward. So you guys, it is going to be a beautiful day. It feels warm out. I'm really happy. This is a beginning. This is a beginning for the world. I've never seen recovery in this way. And I'm really grateful that God is using me as an example. And I'm really grateful that God has given me the strength to let it all out. Last week wasn't easy for me either, but I'm really grateful that I finally got rid of all that toxicity and now the goodness of God is coming out, the love of God. We can move forward. So I love you guys and the challenge for the day. I really want you to think inside about traumas you've witnessed the things that have bothered you. Think about the things that have bothered you. Are they something that somebody did onto you or is it just something that you're using as an excuse to be mad about? See, the things that bothered me were things that personally happened to me in my life that bothered me. They affected me. Now, if my neighbor downstairs, as an example, wants to be loud and get drunk and get the cops called on him and go to jail all the time, I can't say that bothers me because they're, they make too much noise. That's not what I mean. I'm talking about things that personally have happened to you, traumas, things that keep triggering in your brain. I want you to think about those. Think about how you feel when you think about them. If you still take yourself back to that emotional state of when it happened, then you haven't properly dealt with it. And I will never stop saying the only way to really deal with things is to go to God. That's it. He was our creator. He is our creator. He's the only one who can and will understand how to get you out. You have your very own process of healing. My process was unique to my situation. Your process will be unique to your situation. The only way to complete understanding to your life is to go to the one who created you. That's it. That's the best advice I could ever give you. And believe me when I say he will be there 
every step of the way. God is, his word is a lamp onto your feet and a light onto your path. All you have to see is the next step that he directs, but he's got it laid out. And if you trust in him, he will get you through the dark, through the forest, into the clearing where the flowers and the butterflies and the birds are at. But it's a process. I love you guys, and God bless.